Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The one transcendent source of all light. In this podcast, Eckhart talks with an audience in Paris, and he contemplates the mysteries of space and the subatomic world. He says the greatest mystery is that the universe is conscious. He remarks that science has not yet been able to examine consciousness because it's not an object and it's not generated by the brain. He says science has not yet discovered its source. However, Eckhart says there may come a time when science and spirituality merge. He explains there's only one consciousness which is beyond space and time, and he compares it to the sun which shines rays of light into this dimension. He says we are those rays emanating from the one transcendent source of all light. The universe is a miraculous and mysterious thing. Outer space, so much we don't know about it, and it's vast and unimaginable. Subatomic space, also to very, very mysterious realm, very mysterious dimension. So have you, you have two great mysteries, the smallest and the biggest, but an even greater mystery is that the universe is conscious. That is the greatest mystery. And that's not even mentioned by most scientists because they don't know what to do with consciousness. Where? Where is it? Well, the thing that's looking for it is it. Okay. So consciousness can never become an object. Consciousness is the eternal subject. This is why science cannot examine consciousness. So. The universe is conscious, but is that true? How do I know that? I know that because I am conscious. And you know that because you are conscious. But they are not two different consciousnesses. The word in English does not even have a plural. I don't know if the word in French has a plural. There is one consciousness, and this is something that science has not discovered yet maybe one day science and spirituality will merge into one and what i'm saying now you don't have to believe it comes from an intuitive realization whether you're not you believe it doesn't matter very much it's not the absolute essence of our evening together consciousness pervades the entire universe and consciousness becomes focalized where certain life forms appear the brain is a, an instrument through which consciousness expresses itself in a particular form. Undoubtedly, there is a link between the brain and consciousness. So in the same way that there's a link between the, 
the television receiver and what it is that it receives. This is so amazing that it is possible for you to realize your essence identity as the consciousness of the universe. You are a person for a little while, you are a person here, that's fine, not for long, but you transcend something, that there's something in you that manifests briefly as a person, like a ray of sunlight manifesting briefly as this or that person. Let me talk for just one moment about the taboo word, and that taboo word is God. I say it is a taboo word because I usually try to avoid it because it creates many misunderstandings. But now I'll use it for a moment. God is the source of all life, transcendent source, has no location in space or time. It transcends this dimension. The best analogy for God perhaps would be to say it's a bit like the sun which continuously pours out energy and light, while well, we perceive it as light, and when the ray of the sunlight touches your skin, are you touching the sun? Well, no, because if you touch the sun, then your hand would disappear immediately. However, the ray of sunlight is still connected to the sun. It is an extension of the sun. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So, when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, he refers to the consciousness that you are. And the consciousness that you are is an emanation of the source, the transcendent source of all light, in the same way that the light that we perceive from the sun is an emanation of the sun. And this emanation from the source is you, appears as a person. And it's like a ray of consciousness. And perhaps it appears as another person and another. The same ray may continue for a while until it fully realizes its identity. You are an emanation of that. And you, this is not just abstract. The strange thing is you can sense that in yourself 
the moment thinking subsides and presence I am presence remains and there's an absolute stillness there in that stillness from the point of view of conceptual self you don't know anything anymore because there's no thinking there's no conceptual knowing in that stillness and yet you are connected with a much vaster and deeper non-conceptual knowing. This connectedness with the source of who you are, that is also the source of wisdom. Wisdom is not created by analytical thought, is not created by more information, Wisdom arises from the depths of non-conceptual, unconditioned consciousness or intelligence. If you are connected with that, which means sense that space within yourself. If you are connected with that, then you have access to the source of what is traditionally called wisdom. And not only wisdom, also you have access to the source of all creativity. Because the conceptual mind itself cannot create anything new. It can give it form, but it cannot create it. And to create anything new, or even to have a an original insight that suddenly manifests as a thought, even to have that, you need for a moment to be connected with the non-conceptual intelligence within you, which means for a moment your thinking needs to subside. There needs to be just a little, just a space of aware, presence, stillness. You've risen above thinking, there's stillness. And then out of that stillness, if anything that is needed comes as a realization, an intuition, an interesting or new thought, any form of creativity arises out of that. And not only that, Something else that arises out of that dimension of consciousness is a feeling of connectedness with other life forms and other human beings. A feeling of strong connectedness with other human beings is particularly important but you can feel it more easily at first with animals, perhaps, or nature, trees, flowers, plants. You look at them and you're not thinking. You just perceive them and then you can perceive their essential beingness. You can, for example, you can look at a flower or a tree for a minute and 
you can sense the stillness in which it exists as a living presence. Some trees survive for hundreds of years, even thousands of years. The trees are so still. And if your mind is still also, and you're looking at a tree, you can sense the essence of that tree in that stillness of the tree. There's a living essence there that is very, very different consciousness from yours. The same consciousness, but a very different manifestation in a completely different vibrational frequency. And then you connect with this tree as you had never connected before, because before the tree was a label, and the label covered up the reality of the tree it covered it up, it said, oh, that's an oak tree, or such and such, that's a label. When you need the label, you have it. But when you don't need it, you put it aside. That's the art of living. You can use labels when you need them, but don't let life be obscured by mental labels. So you can look at the oak tree, but it's no longer an oak tree, it's just a beingness there. And the trees, you connect it in that stillness, you connect with the tree and the flower. And then you look into the eyes of a dog and you love that dog, not so much the, although it's, it's very pleasant to the touch, but what you really love when you look into the eyes of a dog is the consciousness of the dog. You connect with that, you can sense there's a being in there that is invisible just as most of you is invisible. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. <laughs> This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Wasn't there a French writer who said, Saint-Exupéry said, what is essential is invisible to the eye. Everything that is essential is invisible to the eye. The eye, this eye. You are, or most of you are invisible, even on the mental, even still the form identity that you are is already invisible beyond the physical body. Nobody, if they can, they can open up your brain, they're not going to find a single thought. They don't even know what a thought is. You, you have a million memories in your brain. How do they survive in there? In what form do they survive in there? Who was your first teacher at school when you were five or six years old? Stoop, there he or she is. Where was this teacher until now when I remembered him? I don't know. Was it an, a molecule that said, this is my teacher? We don't know. It's all invisible. Then you are invisible. The essence of who you are is consciousness. And the dog, the essence of the dog is invisible, but that is what you love in the dog, because you recognize it, not, not conceptually, but experientially, 
you recognize it as one with your essence. Just a different expression of consciousness. Just as you recognize the tree as ultimately one with your essence. There's the oneness in, in all, all life forms are an expression of the one. And then comes the most fascinating thing. You connect with other humans in that way. And that's amazing because when you connected to the ego with other humans, there was continuous labeling, judgments, evaluation. Is this human being a threat? to me, or can I use this human being, or do I want to add this human being to make myself feel better or bigger? There's always that, and that goes, and from this deepest level of presence, when the mind, the thinking mind, subsides for a moment, and then you look at another human being, and suddenly all these, uh, I talked about wisdom arising from that dimension of consciousness. I talked about creativity arising from that dimension of consciousness. And now talking about empathy arising with other human beings. Now what does that mean? It means there is a benevolence, to use that word. It's probably a similar word in French because it goes back to Latin. There is a benevolence that emanates from you towards the other. And the other is no longer completely other. And that, when you connect with another human being, and yes, yes, you are aware, perhaps, of their personality that covers up the essence of that human being, and yet you don't get caught up in the personality. You can actually look deeper and can sense in another what you share, which is consciousness, the one consciousness. And so ultimately what that is, is love. Not love in a romantic sense, but love as a realization that ultimately you are looking at yourself. Loving the other as yourself. So there's a self-recognition. So one could almost say that ultimately you only always love yourself, not in an egoic sense. But ultimately, when you love any other life form, it's a recognition of the oneness. But you can only recognize it when you are present and for a moment free of mental concepts and thoughts. Then you are the presence. And then you recognize, you can sense the presence in the other who is no longer other. And that's a wonderful thing because then you go around the world always meeting yourself ultimately. And that makes 
it very pleasant. It is much easier than to tolerate or even overlook the madness that is still there in many human beings, the dysfunctional egoic behavior. You can, you can very often look through it and realize there is, a, there is that essence. Underneath all that, there is the essence, and I can feel the essence of that person. And if you can feel it, you can sometimes, sometimes you bring it forth out of the other. So one person can make a lot of difference when you honor the other person by recognizing who they are in their essence. Then that has a very healing effect on the other person. And generally, if you, if you live in connectedness with that dimension, then you truly create a different world and a different reality. So that is, it's really ultimately very simple. And yet, we are shifting from thousands of years of being identified with thinking increasingly more and more and more. And there's a shift that now happens when we step out of identification with thinking. We're no longer addicted to thinking because otherwise when you are a compulsive thinker, you are addicted to thinking. And a most large percentage of that thinking is not only unnecessary, it also creates unhappiness, misery, and suffering. So this is the essence, is stepping out of thinking. Meditation can help when you, if you have a meditation method. The way I teach is choosing to be free of thinking. What we are doing now is become aware of the present moment, and already thinking begins to subside. Become aware of the present moment. Then you look around and you listen, you look, you sense your surroundings. And if you're very alert, thinking subsides. And already the world seems more alive suddenly. And you perceive beauty everywhere, even in seemingly insignificant things, like how the light is reflected off the floor, which I see here. So that you step out of thinking into the present moment, this moment. The first step is usually become aware of sense perceptions. Then you become aware of your inner body, that you're alive. The inner body is alive. And you sense that aliveness. And then you are, you look around. And you're breathing. And then you become aware of the deeper dimension of the present moment. The way I put it is the present moment has the surface dimension, which is sense perceptions, and that's good. The present moment has a depth dimension, which is consciousness. The mind becomes still, and that stillness is the essence of the present moment. It's the, it's the light of consciousness. That is the essence. You've gone deeply into the present moment. And that's something you invite into your life as much as you can. 
and use your smartphone a little bit less. So instead of uselessly looking at your phone when they're waiting for something, become present, look around. Sense that alertness, become familiar with that. And also catch yourself when spontaneously you experience a moment of just being present. It could be when you're engaged in some kind of physical activity, especially a dangerous activity, or they don't recommend it. But some people get addicted to dangerous activities, climbing a mountain, racing a car. Why do they get addicted? Because it frees them from the personality, from the person, from the mind. It forces them into presence. But you don't have to do that. Just go there. Another thing that does it is life gives you a little shock, a little accident or big accident, some loss. These little shocks can also shock you into presence and suddenly you go, oh. So if you need it, life will give it to you. But the more you voluntarily go there into that dimension, the less life will need to give you a shock because you're already doing it. You're aligning yourself with the entire purpose of the universe which is consciousness, growing in consciousness in this dimension. And one could say, to use theistic language, God expressing himself, herself, itself more and more fully in this dimension. The ultimate purpose, who knows, we cannot go there with our mind. But when, we, when the mind stops for a moment, and we rise above thinking, we can get some intuition of what the ultimate purpose of the universe is, which is connected with your life purpose here and now. And that's why we can get an intuition of that, but we cannot put it into words or even thoughts. There's a knowing that's completely non-conceptual. So I've spoken about the most important things in human life, the transformation of consciousness, things that perhaps one day will be the primary subject at every school. It will be the very foundation for every human life. Right now, it's still a relatively small percentage of humans who are ready and are awakening, but it's growing. Don't let yourself be deceived and think that because the political situation is becoming so chaotic that that means humans are becoming more unconscious. There's an intensification of unconsciousness as there is an intensification of consciousness. The two polarities are there and it's usually at critical time periods, challenging times, both in the person's life and in the life of the collective, at challenging times, transformation is more possible than at times when there's little or no challenge. 
your comfort zone, I don't know if you know that expression, the com your comfort zone is not the best place for your spiritual awakening, unfortunately. Sorry about that. So this is the secret, well it has been a kind of secret for a long time, but now it's out in the open. And it's a great adventure to be part of the unfolding consciousness, which transcends whatever purpose you may have on a personal level. Of course, that continues. You continue to honor your form identity. It doesn't mean that you're only now totally interested in essence identity. I'm not going to eat much anymore. I'm not going to have any bath or shower anymore because the body is an illusion. And no, that's not, you honor your form identity, you do your best for your, you look after the body. You can also honor your form identity on the mental emotional level, both collective and personal. You have your parents, you have your ancestors, maybe if you remember them, you have your family, you, you can have your country. You can honor the culture of your country. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful thing. But if that's the only thing that gives you your identity, then it becomes a huge limitation. And then you probably need others to be less than, or you might even need others to be enemies. But to be honoring your culture is great if you're not attempting to derive your ultimate identity from that. It's a beautiful thing. So honoring form identity, but being rooted in your essence identity. And that is the secret of life. And with that, I will leave you for tonight. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. <laughs>